0: Give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. For a few moments, want to talk about never alone. Never alone. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just to know that Jesus is with you always give you an air of invincibility that non-Christians just don't understand. None believers cannot understand why we're so hopeful and optimistic about life, even though our options are limited. They, They cannot understand why we think we can overcome diseases for which the scientific community have no cure. They don't understand why we come together on Sunday morning like this to make a big deal of a God we cannot see. But just to know that Jesus is with you, gives you everlasting peace. People can and will act up around you. They're going to act out of character. Yet, we remain cool, calm, and collected because of the peace of God which surpasses all understanding that resides in you. With this peace, you don't need to lose your composure because you know that in the end, All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. With this peace, you don't have to go around seeking revenge because you know that God will fight your battles and give you victory. With this peace, you don't have to stay up all night worrying about things that are beyond your control. You just let God care for them and you get a good night's sleep. Just to know that Jesus is with you always give you endurance. People who trust in the everlasting presence of Jesus Christ in their lives don't give up easily. They may take a licking, but they keep on ticking. The road may get rough, but they will ride the waves like an expert surfer. They may be hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed because of the everlasting presence of God in their lives. In our text this morning, the Lord is using the prophet Isaiah to remind the children of Israel that he's still on their side. You see, sometimes things can get so bad in your life that you start believing that God has turned against you. Sometimes you get your feelings hurt by folks so that you become overwhelmed by the circumstances that you actually feel like God is against you. There are times, and we have to be honest, that we feel God is so far away. You feel so alone and forsaken that you feel abandoned. In times like these, we have to remember what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. In times like these, we have to remember he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him, the punishment that made us whole, and by his stripes, we are healed. Simply stated, God was reminding the children of Israel that they hadn't messed up bad enough. They hadn't messed up bad enough for him to forsake them. Sometimes we think we're in trouble because we messed up. But God is letting us know as he let the children of Israel know, you can't mess up bad enough for me not to love you. You can't mess up bad enough for me not to forgive you if you ask. And that should be good news for us today. What that tells us is that no matter how far down we get, no matter how far, how long we go, God will not forsake us. He may chastise us, but he will not abandon us. He may rebuke, rebuke and reprove us, but he will not allow the enemy to destroy us. So through the children of Israel, though they messed up, God was not willing to walk away from them. Instead, he sought to remind them of his everlasting presence and his amazing love and provide them with three essential guarantees, just as he has guaranteed us today. One, that they are saved. Two, they are secured. And three, they are special. They are saved Some of us may have been in church for a long time, so long that we don't truly appreciate what it means to be saved. To say I'm saved should send a shock wave through our bodies because it's not something that we earned, it's not something that we deserve, but it was by the grace of God that he saw fit to save you and me. God had chosen the Israelites to be his People, they were saved. They were saved and didn't know it. They were saved and were not acting like it. So he wants to remind us, remind them, just as he's reminding us today. Your eternal destination in heaven is guaranteed. Oh, somebody ought to shout off that. (laughs) It's guaranteed. There are not too many things in this world that we are guaranteed that we can fulfill on. This, we are guaranteed. You belong to God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and no one can wipe it off. Salvation is not possible without Christ. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Jesus shed his blood for our salvation. He laid it all on the line so that we may have the right to the tree of life. Salvation is the fulfillment of God's promise in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Without salvation, our lives wouldn't be worth the living. Without salvation, our religion would be meaningless. Without salvation, our joy would not be made complete. Salvation gives us something to look forward to. And just in case that doesn't excite you, I want you to know that salvation makes all the difference in the world. For no matter how bad you might be, no matter how broke and disgusted you get, one thing no one can change or take away from you is the fact that you are saved. They can take away your job. They can take away your reputation. They can take away even your health and your wealth but they can't take away your salvation. Jesus sealed the deal at Calvary. He paid the price so we will never have to worry about losing our salvation. The devil can huff and puff all he wants, but he can't take away our salvation. Tell your neighbor, he can't take away my salvation. He can take away a lot of things, but you can't take away my salvation. God was reaffirming to Israel that they did not need to fear. Why? Because God had redeemed them and called them by name. God redeemed his people when he brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. To be called by one's name during this time meant belonging to someone. In this context, God was saying that the Israelite was his children and they belonged to him. We know how we are about our children. Sometimes we'll say, We'll kill a brick about them. That's how much we will protect them. But just think God loves us even more than we are capable of loving them. He said, You're mine. And it is here that God reminds the Israelites that their rebelliousness will have no impact on their salvation. Because of the covenant he made with their ancestors, Abraham. Because of Abraham, the Israelites will have the favor of God. Because of Abraham, they will enjoy the presence of God. Likewise, because of Jesus, we who are Christians will have the favor of God. We will be saved based upon the righteousness of Jesus and not our own. Go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise. Secondly, we look at they are secured. And when I say they, just translate that into today, we are. They are secured. Security was a very important issue to the Israelites. They experienced constant attacks and lived under the threat of total annihilation. They needed security. Not just any kind of security, but divine security. So God promised to be with them. When they passed through the waters, he would be their lifeguard. Water is employed in a numerous of, uh, occasions in the Bible and is used as describing something that was unstable or something of losing strength, being poured out or melting away in fear. In other words, God was letting them know that when their lives became unstable, when they felt weak and when they felt, were afraid, he will be right by their side. In the same manner, when we experience instability in our job, we have to turn to God. When we experience instability in our relationships, we have to turn to God. When we experience instability in our ministry, we have to turn to God. When we feel our strength slipping away from us and fears overtaking us, Remember, the Lord is our rock and our refuge, and he will not forsake us. In verse 2, God also promised to be their life vest. How many times in your life did you feel like you were drowning? That you just felt overwhelmed? That life and air was being sucked away from you. But you called on the name of Jesus, and he rescued you. The Lord is our life vest. Behold, he would not allow us to drown. We may drink a little water, but we will not drown. We may feel like we're running out of oxygen, but we will not drown, for he is our life vest. God's message was that no matter what trial his people faced, he would be with them. God had been with Israel in all of her past struggles. When his people stood at the Red Sea, God opened the waters, and the people crossed over on dry ground. God preserved his people in the wilderness. He said, your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell those 40 years. In the period of the judges, when people would suffer and cry out to God, Yahweh would always raise up a deliverer. In the same verse, he promised to be their sprinkling system. You know, we, we have a sprinkler system in our home that when fire comes, it automatically gets rid of it. Well, God said he'll be that for us. When we go through the fire, he will put it out. He said the flames shall not kindle upon thee. Sprinkler systems are designed to produce water when the heat from the fire reaches the automatic sensor when then the signal to the valve to do what? Send water immediately to cool down the room and put out the fire. God is our divine sprinkler system. Whenever the heat gets too intense in our lives, he sends divine water to cool us off and put out the fire. He doesn't allow us to get burned. Our clothes may get sinned, and we may even sweat a little, but he won't let us get burned. He is our sprinkler system. God promised the returning exiles he would be with them. Notice something important, though. God didn't promise the Jews that he would remove the calamity. Instead, he said, I'll be with you in it. I'll be with you in it. It confirms the fact we will all go through something. That's life. It never says that it would be. God never promised us to remove trouble from our life. Jesus suffered and died, and if the Son of God faced suffering, you shouldn't expect to be immune from suffering yourself. Just made something very clear about this word in John 16, He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy three twelve. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So the strange thing would be if you're not going through anything or never been through anything, then you probably need to check. Am I saved? Because the Bible says we will. In verse 3, God gave other nations to Persia in exchanging for returning the Jews to their homeland. They went to war, lost the war, taken captive. God gives other nations to the captor so that they could be free. That's what God does for us. He sets us free from that and those who would hold us captive. God also reminded the Israelites that they are precious to Him. I'm talking about how special they are now. How special. Some of us need to be reminded that you are precious to God. You are special to God. God loves you. God loves you. That's special. Yes, it's good to have someone, some human, your family, your spouse love you. But to know that you have the love of God is special. It's special. You need to know that ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no army strong enough, ain't no demons powerful enough to keep God from getting to you and rescuing you because you're special and he loves you that much. Let me tell you how precious you are. You're so precious that God gave his only begotten son for you. You are so special and precious. God traded, God traded. Jesus traded his glory in heaven for earthly suffering in order to redeem you. You are so special to God that he neither slumber nor sleep as he keeps watch over you just to make sure that your enemy doesn't hurt you. You are so special that he has prepared a great feast to celebrate your arrival in heaven and has designated you for spiritual greatness. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his specialness for us. God had created Israel for his glory. The nation's existence and their divine blessings will proclaim God's glory and majesty and might to the world. When stormy seasons come, the one thing we all long for is a connection and peace. We need to know that we are not alone. We need to find some peace amid our trials to rest in while we wait for the circumstances to blow over. I like the way the Lord closes out this text. He gives us five I will statements. Five is a number of favor he said I will give other people in your place that speaks of your worth and your uniqueness I will give other nations to save your life that speaks of your cost and your position I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west that speaks of his divine restoration I will tell the North to give my people to me. That speaks of our internal inheritance. I will tell the South, don't keep my people in prison. That speaks of our final destination. Why is God doing all of that? Because we were made for his glory. We were made for his glory. He can't get the glory from us if we're in mental or physical prison, which was represented by the South. He can't get the glory from us if we're in spiritual exile, represented by the North. He made us for his glory. And my goodness, I want to praise him for his eternal presence. He said he would be there. Let's give God praise for that let's give God praise in the Christian context whether tough times come and stay for years or whether they come for just for a short period of time it's not finally the toughness of the people that make the difference but the tough and fierce divine love and care that God gives that makes the difference nowhere in scripture are we thrown back onto our own resources? There's nowhere in scripture where God says, you get yourself out. But he always says, call unto me, I will answer thee, and show you great and mighty things thou knowest nigh. He has promised us that. We're not told that our own optimism or our strength of character is what will see us through. You need that, but it's not going to get you through. When the waters get deep, when the rivers in which we've sunk neck deep get violent, when fires of life, trials come and attack us, even attack our flesh, it is the abiding presence of God that reassures us. We may not know why God permits such such tough times and trials, but they come. And when they do, our assurance is not derived from our own toughness. In the grand scheme of things, we're nothing. What matters is how closely God sticks with us. How close he walks with us. Though your tears may fall and your years may be sorrowful, know that you are never alone. Though the storm clouds may rise and the strong winds may blow, know that you are never alone. Though the heavens shake and the earth shall reel, know that you are never alone. Isaiah 54 and 10 in the Message Bible says, Even if the mountains and the hills decide to get up and walk away from you, even if inanimate objects decide to forsake you and turn their backs on you, I will not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you and I love you, my child. We are in this together. The point is that you do not have to do this life, this journey alone. You don't have to rely on your own strength or resources. The Father is with you and will keep you anchored until the storm passes. Zephaniah 317 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult you over with loud singing. Imagine God singing over you, to you, and with you. God is with you. He's in your midst, and he's singing over you. Listen to that beautiful song that he's singing over you. The hymn writer wrote, I've seen the lightning flashing, and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, which tried to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of my savior. He bid me still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me alone. He has promised me And he is not a man that can lie. The Lord is near to all who call on him. All who call on him in truth, according to Psalm 145 and 18. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? For your Lord, your God is with you. Matthew 28 and 20 says, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Deuteronomy thirteen thirty-one 31 and 8 says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. We've been told in seminary that promises to Israel don't necessarily translate to promises of today's New Testament Christians. But just in case, we got Deuteronomy 31 where he says he'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, Hebrew 13 and 5 says the same thing. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that promise we can hang on to with the Israelites. Amen. I don't know about you, but I know I'm secure. I know I'm special. And I know I'm saved. For living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Rising, He took all my sins far away. And now I'm never alone. In the midnight hour, I'm not alone. On my sick bed, I'm not alone. All by myself, I'm not alone. Friends forsake me, I'm not alone. People walk away from me, I'm not alone. People talk about me, I'm not alone. I might doubt, but I'm not alone. Stars may come one after the other, I'm not alone. Why? Because my God promised me he would never leave me nor forsake me. I am never alone. What about you? Are you alone? If you are alone, call on the name of Jesus. Because over 2,000 years ago, he died that you might not be alone. He died on that cross on a Friday, and he stayed dead until early Sunday morning when he got up with all power in his hands. And he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you with a comforter so that you are never alone. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. Look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. God bless you. Thank you, God, that we are safe, special, secure by you and in your hands. Father, we pray now that if there be one here who does not have a relationship with you, that they don't feel you, that they feel alone, God, we pray, God, that you would move upon their hearts right now, that you would let them know. That they're special to you. They're secure with you and they're saved with you. Father, we thank you for salvation. And then, Lord, we pray over that which will be brought to the altars in the way of giving. That you would bless it. That you would bless the giver. That it will be returned to them a hundredfold. Because they are being obedient. obedience. Father, we thank you. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide, henceforth now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we thank God for the privilege and the opportunity to share his word. It's encouraging to know in a day and time like this that we are not alone. We do have our our announcements. Again, Pastor we will be back in the pulpit, if God's willing, on next Sunday at both worship celebrations. But next Sunday is Unplugged Sunday. We know here at St. John, Unplugged Sunday means dress down if you feel comfortable enough to do that. But it's also a worship time that we uh, highlight our young people. So please come, invite others to come with you. Uh, We also have uh, VBS, Vacation Bible School, Coming up shortly, do we have someone for the appeal? Let's give her a hand as she comes. You guys don't know how scary it is to stand here and people staring.
1: Greetings, St. John family and friends. Vacation Bible School 2023 session, Hero Hotline, Called Together to Serve God, Romans 1419, will begin on Monday, July 24th through Friday, July 28th, at our St. John North Campus, located on 29th 8th Street from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. daily for all children ages four to 16 years old. A fun food adventure week is planned with daily Bible learning, arts and crafts, singing, visits from local heroes, and a healthy lunch. Isn't this exciting? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Amen.
1: Volunteers needed, please join our weekly online planning meetings every Monday at 7 p.m under the Jam Session Virtual Center. There are three ways to register for VBS. You can pick up a registration form located near the VBS Dropbox at the front desk lobby of the North and South Campus. Please stop and complete a registration form for each child today and place it in the Dropbox. You can also register online on our church website, sjmbc.org. Look for the VBS flyer to click the registration link you can do on-site registration during the week of VBS. Our our VBS kickoff at Heather Farms in Walnut Creek was a success. Now let us make our VBS session an even bigger success. We will end VBS with an event held on Saturday, July 29th at Dave & Buster's in Concord from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. for all children attending VBS. More details provided during VBS week without the children our vacation bible school will not be successful you can help by calling texting or facebook your family friends and community neighbors help me spread the word that vacation bible school is coming to st john thank you
0: amen let's give her thank you very well done continue with the announcements Our church 80th anniversary will be taking place in october we'll be having a banquet on october 7th Uh, we will be having a revival On the 19th and 20th, that's the Thursday and Friday of October. And then that fourth Sunday, we'll have celebration both at the 9 and 11 o'clock worship. Pastor is asking that you budget, in addition to your tithes, an additional $200 for this special event. $100 will be for the banquet, $80 for the church anniversary, and $20 for the revival. Govern yourselves accordingly, please. God bless you, and God keep you.
2: I hope that you have been blessed by the word that went forth today. And listen, without your support, we can't do what we're doing here. And so let me tell you a little bit about tithes and offering. And it's here in this scripture, Malachi 3:8 and 9. And it says, Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now let me take it a step further. And it says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, That there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what the word says. So we encourage you to continue giving to Saint John. Now listen, there's various ways that you can give. One, you can give in person during our worship celebrations. Two, You can mail or drop off at the South Campus or our our administration building. Three, you can give online. Now, listen, you can find more information about where those locations are by visiting our website. Um, In the meantime, we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed and we hope that you will have a blessed week in the Lord.